Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to discuss volunteers at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare Center and get a year-in-review report from the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Networks. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. On December 13, 1636, Massachusetts colonists banded together, forming a militia that defended their communities from attack. From those humble beginnings came today's National Guard, which proudly serves across our 54 states and territories. The iconic image of a colonial militia member setting aside their farmer's plow and picking up their muskets still represents us well today. We may now also be software engineers, aviation mechanics, and other professionals our predecessors could not have imagined at the time. But our citizen airmen and soldiers continue to live as they did, ready to respond to the call of our state and nation. To those who have and those who continue to serve as members of our National Guard, thank you. Ours can be a challenging path to follow, but your service and the support of your families, employers, and communities ensures that we are a force that is truly always ready, always there. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. So I said at the opening, we're going to talk about uh, voluntary uh, services at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. And Rachel Hammer has been the director of the Center for Development of Civic Engagement, formerly Voluntary Services, since September of 2021. And Rachel, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you for having me. Now, do I understand it correctly? You've been out at the VA since about 2016? Yes, that's true. Yeah. I, I started out as the canteen chief at that time. Canteen chief. That sounds kind of neat. What's that job entail? Well, uh, this time, actually, it would be pretty fun because it's December and they're getting all of their uh, gifts and uh, holiday candy. But um, at that time, it was I started as the canteen chief and I was there for about three years. So the canteen chief was giving out things to the patients that are at the at the Minneapolis VA? Yes, it does all of their um, uh, Starbucks coffee and all of their retail and then the food there. Well, some things veterans would think is pretty important. Yes. I bet that was fun. Yep. And now you've changed your name from Voluntary Services, which everybody can kind of understand, to the Center for Development and Civic Engagement. Wow. That sounds important. Yeah. It's a, a new name change for us. It's it's kind of a, uh, a, a new way to kind of explain all the different things that we do. It still includes kind of the cornerstone of our program, which is our volunteers, but it also communicates what we uh, do in the community, which is our civic engagement and partnering with organizations. And then also uh, what we do um, primarily, uh, which would be uh, volu- uh, our donations and um, and how we partner with those organizations and, and others. And we're going to try to cover all of that. But I think Director Kelly has told me on several occasions that without the hundreds of volunteers out there, it'd be almost impossible to run the Minneapolis VA Medical Center in the in the outpatient clinics. That's very true. Our escort department, for example, does 160 uh, runs per day. So uh, with the 100 volunteers that we have that covers that department, uh, that's a lot of runs. So that means a veteran comes out to the medical center and, and they can be met at the door and, and a volunteer will get them to where they need to go. Exactly. That's a pretty good service. That's a big building out there. Yes. Can you run us through how many volunteers you have and how many hours you put in, some of those things? Yep, so we have 779 volunteers, and uh, for last year, for the uh, fiscal year of um, 2022, we did about 90,000 hours, and we also have uh, 590 occasional hours. 
Occasional hours means group volunteering, and that's something that's really increasing for us because we're doing more groups out at, like, the uh, Fisher House, and uh, we do things like uh, outdoor activities, cooking, and and we really are encouraging groups to come back and do those sort of things so that we can do those fun group activities. So you oversee the Fisher House programs now? We do. And, and of course, that's a program where if a veteran's coming out for some kind of procedure, their family can come in, they can apply, they can stay in the Fisher House for free. And you've got volunteers at the Fisher House that do some cooking and all kinds of things to take care of the veterans and their families. Yes, exactly. And then we also stock the house with food, uh, make sure that all of the amenities are available. If a family were to come overnight without any sort of warning, uh, we would make sure that we could take care of anything that they forgot, like shampoo, soap. Uh, we would even help them get uh canteen bucks over at the canteen if they need to go shopping for some clothing. Pretty neat service for a veteran that uh, needs to stay overnight for that uh, procedure, and and you take really good care of them while they're there. Thank you very much. We're speaking with Rachel Hammer, uh, who is the director of the Center for Development and Civic Engagement at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System on Minnesota Military Radio. Rachel, uh, the holidays are upon us. Are there ways uh, to make a difference in veterans' lives this holiday season? I think that we have plenty of time to do that for the rest of the holiday season. Just a small way to say, uh, you know, uh, happy holidays to a veteran that you might see out in the supermarket uh, or uh, when you're in the VA uh, and, you know, visiting your own loved one um, to someone that you might not know. And sometimes those individuals might not have loved ones of their own. So just giving them that happy uh, holiday, uh, wishing them that time, it's sometimes it's a very hard time for many this time of year. So we try to do things, uh, you know, during this time of year, we make sure that we get Christmas cards, uh, holiday cards that we deliver to patients on patient trays. Uh, we do other things to um, kind of add holiday cheer. A lot of our organizations will bring holiday gifts that we'll drop off in patient rooms uh, during the holidays as well. Um, and we do other things to ensure that this time of year is, is, is recognized for those individuals. Well, I understand you've got a facility downtown that you refer to as the Community Resources and Referral Center, CRRC, uh, that caters to homeless veterans. Yes, we do. And um, that organization, uh, their main purpose is to ensure that they're helping uh, find stable housing um, and and help those veterans meet their life uh you know, goals and and uh, thrive in the community. And so uh, ways that we help with the VA is that we uh, utilize our donations that are uh, earmarked for the CRC to uh, utilize for food, uh, resources, uh, any sort of other items that they might need, uh, clothes, uh, other items uh, such as, um, you know, technology items, et cetera, um, you know, uh, chargers, um, phones, et cetera. Um, you know, some of the same things like that we need at the medical center, hygiene items. Uh, and so we work with the CRC to ensure that the, the homeless veterans have the items that they need, especially when they move on and move into their homes, like moving kits, et cetera. So this is an example of a partnership where the Minneapolis VA is working with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and MACV, the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, to try to do whatever's possible to 
get our veterans off the streets, get them, get them food, get them clothing, get them into some housing, get them a job, all those things. And, and uh, it's a heck of a partnership, and it's, it seems to be working pretty well. Yes, MACV is crucial for this organization. Uh, we will work with our veteran service organizations, MACV. Uh, we'll have organizations that will donate mattresses. MACV will help with the uh, coordination of getting those mattresses into the veterans' homes and then uh, make sure that the veteran is up and running when they're, they're moved in. So, Rachel, I want to ask you about uh, how our listeners can help, and I'm guessing your answer is going to be volunteer. You got it. You stole my line. All right. <laughs> uh, yes. So if anybody would like to volunteer at our uh, VA, you can find our positions online at uh, vol- um, at the uh, volunteermatch.org, or uh, they can come to our uh, www.cdceportal.va.gov. Uh, and if they go to the portal, they just need to click on volunteer or donate and fill out their information and select our Minneapolis VA clinic. So to keep that a little simpler for our listeners, if they just go online and check out the Minneapolis VA Medical Center, you probably can find a space there to click on volunteer and should be a whole list of things they could do, whether they want to come out for an hour or they want to come out for a day or, or, they, or if they want to be involved in uh, some of the other more fun things that you're doing. Exactly. All right. So for all of our listeners, if you want to volunteer with the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System, just go check them out online, click on volunteer, and you'll find out. This is Minnesota Military Radio. We're going to be back in a few minutes and talk more with Rachel Hammer. Please stay with us. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Rachel Hammer, who is the director for the Center of Development and Civic Engagement, formerly Volunteer Services, and has been since September 2021, and she's been working out at the VA since 2016, and you must like it. You've been there for a while. I do very much. And this job gives you an opportunity to help a lot of people, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. Okay. Now, I want to check on, you've got uh, the CRRC, the Community Resource and Referral Center. You've got Fisher House. You've got all these things. What kind of things uh, do our veterans need that, that you're trying to collect up and find? How can our listeners help? What can they help you provide to our veterans? Well, particularly this time of year, warm clothes are very helpful. So uh, coats, gloves, scarves, uh, any sort of hats are essential, uh, particularly durable items. So not knit or or things that you'd find at like the dollar store, but just like very durable winter um, type items. How do they get them to you? Uh, they they can contact us uh, and by calling us at 612-467-2050, or they can email us at vhamin at va.gov, which is our main email address, and uh, they can schedule a drop-off. Okay, so you're looking for new items? New items. Okay, and what's next? And and also they can drop them off at, a, at our uh, community-based outpatient clinics, which are located throughout the state. Um, and that list is on your website. So you can go to the, lo- the nearest location, but get a hold of your office first and say, I've got these things. Where can I bring them? Here's where I'd like to go. Correct. And they can also drop those off downtown at the Community Resource and Referral Center. Okay. So warm clothing, hygiene products? Yes. Toiletries such as soap, shampoo, toothbrushes, and toothpaste. Uh, we also take gift cards 
And gift cards are really helpful because uh, those items can be utilized by the veteran where they need them. It's important, especially if you're purchasing those uh, for, let's say, a community-based outpatient clinic to be mindful of, of where that place is so that um, not everybody has a Walmart by where they live. So if you're going to be purchasing it for Wisconsin areas, paying attention to where where that area is and if they have that a Walmart in that area. So just keep in mind if you're purchasing gift cards, but the gift cards are very well needed. So that might be like gas stations and restaurants mm-hmm. and those type of things. Yes, gas stations, groceries, um, and restaurants too. Uh, this time of year, Families like to take their families out for dinner as the special occasions, too. Uh, so it's important around the holidays as well to be able to provide that. A lot of them can't afford that these days. Costs have gone up, haven't they? Exactly. So um, really any type of gift card is welcome. How about non-perishable food? Uh, yes. Donations of canned goods, peanut butter, rice, and other non-perishable foods. Uh, I'd also like to point out that uh, can openers are helpful so that individuals can utilize those for for the um, canned goods that they're receiving. And a can of beans doesn't work very well if you can't get into it, does it? Correct. <laughs> so that's yes. a good idea, can openers. Yes. What's next? Uh, entertainment items, so uh, books, magazines, puzzles, board games. Uh, those are all things that people really appreciate, uh, and, and we distribute those within the hospital and, and out into the other areas as well. We're speaking with Rachel Hammer from the uh, Center for for Development and Civic Engagement, formerly Volunteer Services on Minnesota Military Radio. And I want to just stop for a minute. When we first started doing this radio show, there were a lot of people in Minnesota that wanted to send gift boxes off to the troops overseas because they were deployed. And what they didn't understand was you can't just box up 10 boxes and dump them on the Minnesota National Guard. They had to go directly to the troops. And in this case, whether we're talking warm clothing, gift cards, non-perishable foods, they need to contact you first and, and tell you what they've got and tell you where, they're, where they can take them. And, and then you arrange for to get those passed on to other people. So communication is key here, right? Correct, yes. A good example with the non-perishable food is we always like to check the expiration dates before we're receiving the food. Uh, you know, some some places can accept expired food. We can't expect take expired food. So that's a good example of something that we would need to have communicated before we receive something. So on the food item, it might be easier if they just bring you a check or send you a check and then you can go buy the things that you need so that you've, you've got what the veterans are requesting. Yes, we, we will also take monetary uh, donations as well. Well, that's good. Money works for a lot of things, doesn't it? Correct, correct. Uh, you've got uh, entertainment items down here. Yes, so... Uh, in the category of entertainment items, we uh, so we'll skip down to technology accessories. So, the uh, track phones and track phone cards, we 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 not every veteran comes in with a cell phone or the ability to uh, contact someone. So we can distribute actual cell phones to individuals with minutes on it. Um, so that's something that we like to have the ability to do and having that as a donation is helpful. So the track phone cards are extra minutes that they can load into the phones? Correct, yes. And then they're kind of responsible for adding extra minutes after they receive the phone. Okay, and then we're back to warm clothing. We started off with that, but comfort items, blankets? 
Yes, blankets. Um, we particularly like, uh, you know, quilts, patriotic quilts, and uh, cozy socks, those things that can bring a sense of warmth for those that are in the hospital. And the next item, we're talking about new, new clothing again, but who doesn't on a cold winter day sitting around somewhere want to be in sweats? Well, <laughs> uh, so sometimes individuals come in and they might need to have a replacement of clothes if they, um, you know, clothes become soiled. So um, we will uh, give them, you know, new sweatpants and or sweatshirts uh, after they've had maybe a procedure or something uh, when they're in the hospital. So, Rachel, technology is everything today. Do you have an opportunity for our listeners to e-donate, to donate electronically? We do. Um, on our Minneapolis VA website, if you navigate to the donation page, you can donate. Um, and you can select the area that you want to donate, whether it's to our general patient fund or any of our other areas, such as our uh, food pantry or uh, to our hospice and palliative care. And you can actually donate straight to there. You don't need to write a check or drop one off. And can they do that to help support the Fisher House? Correct. You, the Fisher House is on there as well. Now in Minneapolis, I think we've got two houses, don't we? We do, yes. We have one with 20 suites and one with eight suites. And are they are they busy most of the time? They are packed. They are, okay. They're at 100% occupancy right now. So all of the food and is donated and, and, you're, and you need volunteers in there as well. We do. We need, um, we need volunteers for, for pretty much every day. And then, uh, you know, with the the continuous capacity, we um, could definitely use the group volunteering as well. So for our listeners out there, if you're a good cook and you want to help some veterans, go on down and volunteer at the Fisher House and you can make dinner for a whole group of people. Correct. That'd be kind of fun if you like to cook. Yes. And then the rest of them, get those e-donations, let's get that food in there so we've got some good stuff to feed them. Yes. All right. We've just got about two minutes left. Uh, uh, who do you partner with in a community uh, to meet the needs of our veterans We've already heard you partner with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and MACV. Are there other groups that you partner with at the VA? So we partner with many civic community and veteran service organizations. Um, if any organization or individual would have an interest in supporting the Minneapolis VA, I encourage them to contact us. Uh, for specifically, several organizations are currently partnering with us on a a kit that we're doing for the radiology oncology department. And um, that kit is given to all of our new oncology dialysis patients, which includes a thermometer, ginger chews, aromatherapies, and dialysis uh, or on water bottles for those patients. So we've got <clears throat> less than a minute left, and we're in the holidays. Christmas is coming up in a few weeks. Do you have some events, uh, holiday events, that you need some volunteers to come out and help with? Uh, so over at the Fort Snelling uh, on December 16th, they're doing a wreath laying, and that's held by Wreaths Across America. And if individuals are interested in doing that, they can just go to wreathsacrossamerica.org. Very good. That's coming up soon. We've got to get those out. Uh, Rachel, I'd like to thank you for joining us again today on Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you. And for our listeners, uh, go to the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System website, click on Volunteer. Lots of opportunities out there to help our veterans and their families. Uh, please stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Networks here in Minnesota. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In a moment, we're going to talk about the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Networks here in Minnesota. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now, here's Temporary Commissioner Brad Lindsay. 
Are you interested in serving veterans? We encourage and welcome you to consider a career with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. MDVA is hiring at all locations. MDVA proudly offers competitive pay, generous benefits, welcoming and supportive teams, and most importantly, meaningful careers that support and care for Minnesota's veterans. After all, they dedicated their lives to ensure our safety, and we consider it our duty to serve those who served. To learn more, visit mn.gov careers and search Veterans Affairs or call 1-888-LINKVET. Whether you are a veteran, family member, or an individual, you can make a difference today by supporting our nation's heroes. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. The mission of the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, also known as BTYR, is to establish and sustain a comprehensive community and corporate support network that connects and coordinates agencies, organizations, and resources to meet the needs of Minnesota's military veterans, service members, and families in all military branch branches. There are currently 53 cities and counties and uh, 78 active companies. And joining us now to talk about those is Stephanie Hurt and Taylor Christoph Jones. Ladies, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Stephanie, I'm going to start with you, and, and now we have to, we're on the, on the air. We have to behave now. Absolutely. All right. Best behavior. You are <laughs> best behavior. Since July of 2022, you've served as the Beyond Yellow Ribbon Community Outreach Coordinator for Northern Minnesota, uh, and you work at the Family Programs Office in Camp Ripley. Can you tell us about what that all entails? What do you do? <laughs> um, so I, I like to think of myself as an individual that, the network's success, I want to help them be successful. So whatever their individual mission is, I want to help aid in their success. So sometimes that could be a matter of putting them in contact with military leadership or connecting with other company resources that are available on Taylor's side, which I'll get to a little bit later, but kind of synchronizing all of those those relationships together, but then additionally, um, kind of helping them refine their process a little bit. So you're kind of helping the cities and the and the counties figure out how do they support the families in their area. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm basically like the conduit that that pulls it all together, gets you know people at the table, everyone's invited. Let's just have a conversation, and a lot of times it it all comes together that way. So you're out talking to these community networks all the time. I try to, absolutely. Very good. I think to get the right person in the job for that. <laughs> uh, Taylor, I want to talk to you. Uh, you served as the BYTR Corporate Outreach Coordinator since fall of 2022. There are corporations in Minnesota. My corporation was one of the first ones way back when. But there's corporations like U.S. Bank and, and sports teams, and there's all kinds of them that have gone through the process to become beyond the yellow ribbon companies. Can you can you explain to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So the process is um, they form a steering committee that has representation from the different areas within the company, such as recruiting, their HR policies, their training and development, their employee outreach, and also their community outreach. And then oversight for that is at the leadership level. And so all of these components come to for a loss from their regular income. And so the companies will step in and make a coverage of the difference between those two. And that's kind of our minimum requirement. But then we've had some really exceptional companies who have just stepped up and said, 
you know what, we don't even worry about what they pay you. We're just going to continue to pay you as if you were on a vacation, 100% coverage. So it's really about getting them together, getting these great ideas of how they can best support not only the military that work for their companies, but also those military-connected families that are in their community. So we really look at just um, not just the military personnel, but we also want to make sure that they're recognizing all those who support those personnel, such as their moms, their dads, their husbands and wives, their kids. Everyone in a military family is affected when when their soldier is gone or comes back. And so we really want to make sure they're having programs that recognize all those people. We're speaking about Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Networks in Minnesota on Minnesota Military Radio. Taylor, I want to ask you uh, on the on the company side, uh, you used to have a spring and fall uh, get-together where these companies come together and they exchange best practices, they get to know each other, uh, and they find opportunities to work with the communities to support various projects. Are those still going on? They do. We um, we just finished our fall conference, which was hosted by Capital One. We did a spring conference as well that was hosted by Allianz. Um, these were really great opportunities for us to come together in person and um, exchange some ideas. We've switched up how we do them. We've added some components that they've asked for, which gives them a lot more opportunities for networking and really getting to have those conversations amongst themselves. So we've really enjoyed that, and then we're looking to expand on that as we go into the next year. I remember the Allianz Life because you, you talked me into coming over there and giving a little speech. Yes, you did. Thank I figured you. I'll never get invited back again, so that's okay. <laughs> No, we loved you. Stephanie, I want to come to you now. Uh, 2023, we're just about at the end of the year. Has it been a good year? What did you accomplish this year with your community networks? Absolutely. Um, You know, huge shout out to these networks coming post-COVID. You know, a lot of them are kind of regathering, regrouping, and and coming together to really get back into their community. But I think some of my favorite things was the joining community forces, which was held this spring at Camp Ripley, which was more or less like a giant family reunion, everyone getting together and sharing best practices and kind of um, figuring out what's working in their community. So that was another really great thing. But we just finished up the Holiday Meals Initiative, which we talked about last month. Um, that was absolutely successful. And we we came together as a state initiative to help feed around 1,500 military connected. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, th- these networks never cease to amaze me. Um you know, when when we have military members that serve, they serve. So, And do your communities end up working with the companies on occasion on projects? Yes. In fact, we're working at a more collaborative effort in 2024, which we'll get to. We'll get to that in the next one. Taylor, I want to come to you. It seems like all year long I've been hearing about our sports teams, professional sports teams in Minnesota, having some kind of a military day, having military people out. Vikings just did it. I've seen the, the Wild have done it. Uh, do they do they all do those kind of things to salute the military and their families? Um, I actually am not a part of the coordination for those events. Those are usually in joint with our National Guard, um, and those events are, are coordinated through the Guard. But we do um, encourage their participation in those events whenever possible because when they do get out in front of the rest of the state, it does show them just how committed we are across our sports teams, all of our companies, to supporting our military personnel. And most of the professional sports teams are members of the Beyond Yellow Ribbon Company. Yes, I can. I can attest to that. So we do have the Wild. We have the Minnesota Twins. We have the Vikings. Uh, so we do have that representation. Um, we do have a few that we haven't collected yet, but there's definitely room for that in 2024. So then when they come together for their uh, for your spring uh, 
collective you're gathering, then maybe you can maybe you can help them help the guard to schedule all of those festivities for next year. Yep. You should be right in the middle of that. We um, we kind of run just in different lanes. The guard has a bunch of presentations that they do um, related directly to our military commanders who are present at these events and beyond the yellow ribbon tends to be in its own lane events that we do that are just specific to our program. But we definitely do have that overlap when our companies are involved. We're very excited for them. And we just got about a minute left, but you also have big companies like 3M, and Cargill. Or it's, a, it's a who's who here in Minnesota, isn't it? It is. And you can actually find a listing of our active companies on our website. If you go to the National Guard and put in Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, you'll be able to find us. And there's a company page that will list all of the companies that are currently in our program. And we we are recruiting all the time, so if you're interested, please reach out to us at our email on the National Guard website, and we'll be happy to get you information. You're recruiting new companies that can go through the process. Yes. And uh, the existing Yellow Ribbon companies are out recruiting veterans, aren't they? Yes, they are. Good. And they're doing um, really great work. Uh, they collaborate with um, Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development, um, they also work with uh, the other side of that program, which is the DevOps. They are the personnel as part of DEED who work hands-on with the um, with the military personnel and then my people on the lever side. Um, they work with the companies, and they want to get both sides together so that they can have successful interviews and be hired. Very good. Thanks, you ladies. Uh, we're out of time for this segment. Uh, please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Beyond the Yellow Ribbon and see what they're up to for 2024. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking about the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Networks on today's show with uh, Stephanie Hurt, who's the Community Outreach Coordinator for Northern Minnesota, and Taylor Christoph Jones, who's the Corporate Outreach Coordinator. And Stephanie, I want to come to you 2024. You're going to have a good year. What's up? Anything new? Absolutely. Um, so the volunteers just from January to October, we have a reported of 16,144 service members, veterans, and families that have been served through the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Community Network. That was 2023. Yep. And then so hopefully as we're gathering our data, we'll be able to show our absolute impact across. So we're doing a lot more of that semi on our end of the clerical side to show its worth. But on the community side, they're really going to start for focusing on their volunteerism and kind of getting back out into the public and having a stronger presentation in the public and letting people know that we're still around. We never went anywhere and we're still supporting our service members. So veterans. some of that might be as simple as shoveling some snow or mowing the lawn or making some cookies or just going for a visit. Yeah. And, and on the other end could be events, could be lunches, could be all kinds of things. All the things. All right. Now I want to come to you, Taylor. 2024, are there some new exciting things coming up? There are. So we are going virtual. One of the things we kept hearing was how much they wanted to have more time to get together and share ideas. Uh, Stephanie on the community side hosts a monthly program where they have that chance to do that virtually. It's called a coffee talk. So we're going to be starting a similar program on the corporate side to bring all of the people together virtually, share ideas. And then we're also hoping to expand to a longer format quarterly, which would be a lunch and learn. So then we can do more of a deep dive 
into a specific topic that they have an interest in for best practices. And this will allow them to network more easily without having to drive. And we can bring all corners of the state together virtually in a team setting to share those ideas. So we're really excited about that. We're also going to be doing um, a similar survey to what Stephanie's doing. So that will really start prompting them to see how much are they volunteering? How much are they donating? What, what are they putting out into the community as part of their program to support the military? And we'll be able to get those numbers in on a quarterly basis as well to really up how much of a presence the BTYR program is making in Minnesota. So other than the lunch and learn, these are going to be like team or Zoom meetings and you get people on and, and share ideas and, and talk about the new things they're doing to support the families? Yeah, that or they're going to be specific topics. We we find there's a lot of topics that they would really like to have more time on. And at a conference, we just have a little bit more of a broader sweep. And these will allow us to get together and exchange actual conversations and ideas so they can step away with actual tools to help them improve their own programs. So is all that just on the corporate side or do you incorporate the community side into that as well? Uh, we are looking at hopefully putting one together for a joint conference between both sides. We bring them all together into one area to collaborate. So, Stephanie, I'm trying to <clears throat> excuse me, picture you leading a lunch and learn. What are you going to teach them? All of the things. The things. <laughs> all of the things. <laughs> Actually, you know, when we talk about lunch and learns, especially on the community side, some of it is down to marketing. How do you market your events? How do you have stronger um, community involvement, all of that. So it goes from there, but it also goes down to what is being identified within the community that is a need and how they can collaborate and work together. So I used to hear that the biggest uh, problem or the biggest uh, thing to get over is how do you find the veteran families or the military families that need help? Is this still an issue? Yeah. And that's because they're proud families and they don't want to ask for help. So some of it is that. Some of them don't want to publicly identify as an individual that does need you know, support. Um, that's why we always encourage that if there is a service member to and or family member to go to their CVSO and then or to go to the SFRS, which is a soldier family readiness specialist, and they have connections with all the Beyond Yellow Ribbons. So that way they, they kind of are that entry point or that the welcoming committee that gets them taken care of. So Taylor, it would seem to me on the company side, if we've got uh, service members that are deployed, that are members of that company, the company probably knows quicker or better if there's a family that's struggling or needs some help. Yes, and the nice thing is a lot of the companies, that is under their employee outreach section of their um, plan, that they do have programs in place where they will assign like a buddy to a family when the spouse deploys, and those buddies are there to support them in whatever they might need, whether it's running someone to daycare or picking up groceries or, like you mentioned, some of the, the lawn care items um, so they really feel like they're not just having to ask for help. They've got a partner in that while their spouse is deployed to help them along the way. So it's a great program. Stephanie, one of the things that kind of stuck with me 10 years ago was okay, if you've got one spouse that's deployed and the other, the other spouse is home with the kids, sometimes just having somebody, an adult, to come over and share a cup of coffee. Absolutely. Helps with the, the mental health. So I think... Um, Deployment care packages are a pretty popular thing. A lot of deployed units get a lot of care packages sent to them. Chuck Haas, Hugo Yellow Ribbon. Absolutely, and that's very much needed. But what about what about those spouses? What about the moms and dads that are kind of holding down the fort back home? Mm -hmm. So how can we support them? And sometimes that's a matter of a, a little care package that has a new movie release in it with a bag of popcorn and maybe a gift card for some 
some pizza. You know, and one night Bring my mom. Bring over some Christmas cookies and have a cup of coffee yep. and just say, how are you doing? Yep. Just checking in on you. Want you to know that we care. Ladies, we're out of time. Uh, you're doing a great job out there with the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Network. So I look forward to talking to you next year and, and seeing how 2024 is going. So I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. That was Stephanie Hurt and Taylor Christoph Jones from the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Program. Joining me now is the Senior Enlisted Leader to the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Command Chief Lisa Erickson. Command Chief, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks for having me today, Tom. Happy to be back on the radio with you. It's always great to talk to you. I don't know what happened, Chief, but uh, most of 2023 is behind us, and here we are now uh, coming up on the Christmas holiday season. It's a good time for everybody to be uh, careful. Yeah, it's a good time for everyone to kind of, what we say, uh, take a knee. Uh, take some time to spend time with your family, your friends, those that you hold near and dear, and to really reflect on what good has happened over the year and make sure that you're making uh, good decisions as you're traveling with the weather changing, the roads are changing. Uh, just drove down from Duluth this morning and there was snow on the roads, so now is a really good time to make sure you got everything in your car for those emergency times when you get trapped out on the freeway and... Uh, you might not have the blanket and the boots and all those things you need. So really just now's the time to reflect, take care of yourself, take care of those you love, and prepare for those things that might could happen during this winter weather driving season. And if your soldiers and airmen are going to family gatherings or other holiday gatherings, be careful, get home safe. Yeah, exactly. Don't rush. Give yourself plenty of time because you know with the winter roads, you can never predict how slippery they could be. So give yourself lots of time. Chief, you've had lots of people deployed around the world this year. Have you, you got some troops coming home before Christmas? We absolutely do. This week we will be welcoming home a number of airmen from the 133rd Air Wing. They're returning from their So I think some folks will be back on the ground Thursday. So we're very, very excited. They had a great mission, lots accomplished. But it's good to get them all home before the holidays so they can be with their families. So, yes, and to celebrate their new C-130Js, as you've had on the radio with Colonel Carlson and Chief Schumacher. You know, they've got a lot of things to celebrate, the 133rd does. So it's going to be good to have them all back here, home for the holidays, and celebrate as a whole team uh, their successes over the years and what's coming for them in uh, 2024. And as those new aircraft come in, that'll extend the mission from the 133rd Airlift Wing for decades. Yes, Absolutely. That's a really, really big, important recruiting message that, you know what, we're here and we're here to stay. So don't think that the 133rd is going anywhere. There's a lot of, lot of legs left on that unit right now. So that's, that's very exciting for them. A lot of great jobs open for either the 133rd or the 148th. And, of course, on the, on the Army side, there's a lot of jobs over there, too. Chief, uh, yeah. we, had a, yeah, we had a big change this year. We went from a... 50-year Norway exchange program to a state partnership. Yes. So we'll remain to have that cultural exchange with them, but we've added to that our ability to work with them on other levels. And so recently we hosted the Norwegian leaders of their, of their services, mainly Army and Air, and they came to Camp Ripley for a week-long trip and planned out uh, about 20 mill-to-mill, military-to-military engagements for 2024 involving both Norway and the Minnesota Air and the Army National Guard. It's all-inclusive. 
Uh, it's going to be a great year. There's a lot of fun, exciting things planned. And we're, we're still going to remain uh, doing our cultural exchange with them. That's not going to change. We still have plans for Norex as ticking, as kicking off again in February. So, uh, yeah, this relationship with Norway is really, really getting to be uh, value-added. And, boy, if you ever wanted to get over there, join the Minnesota National Guards, and there's a pretty good chance that you're going to get a chance to go to see Norway or Croatia as part of our, as part of our state partnership program. So, Chief, the Norway State Partnership is going to be more along the lines of the Croatia Partnership? Yes, yes. We're going to try and, you know, we've done a lot of great things with Croatia. Um, but we are, it's exciting because Norway has a lot of different capabilities that Croatia doesn't. Norway's Air Force is much larger, and they have, you know, they have the F-35 and they have the C-130Js. So don't think that the 133rd is not going to be interested in getting their folks over there to see what, how they're doing things and, and do some crosstalk. Uh, amongst maintenance teams. Very good, Chief. We've only got about 30 seconds left. Uh, I hope you're going to have a great year in 2024, and I hope all your airmen and and soldiers have a great holiday season. Thanks for all your support, Tom. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us, Chief. That was a senior enlisted leader, the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Command Chief Lisa Erickson. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Rachel Hammer from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System, Stephanie Hurt and Taylor Christoph Jones from Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, Command Chief Master Sergeant Lisa Erickson from the Minnesota National Guard, uh, Temporary Commissioner of Brad Lindsay from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we celebrate the season with our annual Commander's Task Force Christmas Show. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.